0: Good afternoon, Packers fans. Aaron Negler here with your Packers Daily Chat, coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels on a Victory Monday. Oh, baby, it's always good to crack one of these on a Victory Monday. That's right. That's What's that, you ask? What, what am I cracking open? Oh, that'd be a carry the G. You're going to want to pick one up if you're in northeast Wisconsin, Milwaukee area, Madison. That's where you'll find it. Just head to the beer link at cheeseheadtv.com, and you'll find a list of spots that have it. Or have had it and now have sold out and are anxiously awaiting the Brewers' arrival. That's what I'm talking about, people. It's Victory Monday. The Packers taking down the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 14-12. Which is an odd score to say. But they did it with defense and special teams. That's right, special teams. Who would have thunk special teams? But special teams played a monster role in this victory. Hidden yardage having to do with pinning the Buccaneers back continuously throughout that game. Just outstanding work from the crew, from Pat O'Donnell on down. The Gunners, nay, Flyers, as Matt Lafleur told us this afternoon. No longer called Gunners, people. Those are Flyers doing yeoman's work, pinning the Bucks back. Huge component of this victory. Um, overall, understandable. I see a lot of frustration online today about the second half on offense. No one is more frustrated than the Packers themselves. It's going to be interesting to see how they respond. Given that it was a very similar pattern to what we saw in the playoff loss last year, where they were humming on offense early and then they had a turnover and everything kind of fell apart. That pattern certainly seemed to uh, repeat itself after Aaron Jones' fumble on Sunday's game. But for the most part, that's a knockdown, dragout fight that the Packers won, and you got to love it. Hello, to everybody in the comments section. So good to see everybody. All these folks saying hi. I got super chats lined up already. Love to see it. But uh, before I get to those, I want to remind everybody, this Sunday, Packers are back in that building right behind me at Lambeau Field. Come on out to the Rush Center, to the Plaza Pit Stop, three hours before kickoff. You'll find Corey Banky there. Get yourself a carry the G. That's what you want to do. If you can't find it during the week, the Rush will definitely have it at the Plaza Pit Stop, three hours before kickoff. Corey will be there. Make sure you're hanging out. And Speaking of hanging out, if you're going to be in London in a few weeks, as we are, come by the Dog and Duck, Friday, October 7th at 4 p.m. That's 4 p.m. local time, October 7th, the Dog and Duck. Going to have a pint or two and talk some football with people across the world from no doubt all environs, people descending on London for this game. I've already heard from so many people. I know someone from Japan who's coming. I know someone from Germany who's coming. I know someone from Brazil who's coming. We're going to be at the Dog and Duck on Friday afternoon. I hope to see you there if you're in the neighborhood. It's going to be a lot of fun. So let's get to some of these Super Chats, shall we? Oh, my goodness. People lining up to talk about the hotness. I see a mention of the hotness. Mark, what's up, man? Thanks for the Super Chat. If Watson can come back and hit on some home runs, I think this offense can take it to a whole other level. I mean, no question. No doubt about it. It's always nice to have a vertical threat. Um, you don't want to operate without one for too long. Um, but I think any ideas of, like, he's going to come in and just suddenly be, you know, MVS 2.0, and the idea being, you know, Mr. Generate Big Play. I think you got to temper those expectations a little bit, maybe in the second half of the season, but let's get him in a regular run of offense for a few weeks first before we start expecting monster plays out of the kid every week. Joey, thanks for Super Chat. How much impact does Mac Jones being injured have? A lot, Joey. A lot. Um, you know, Obviously, we've seen any number of iterations of the Patriots with Hoyer under center, as he will undoubtedly be on Sunday afternoon. You can still run the offense, though, so it's not like, you know, the Packers don't have to show up. They most certainly do, but uh, Mac Jones, while young and, you know, obviously still growing as a quarterback, he's got some physical tools, and he can hurt you, uh, but he will not be doing so this Sunday at Lambeau Field. No question. TC, thanks for the super chat. Hey, Nags, of course, a W is a W, and we got to stop the two-point conversion, but it's troubling how the D went soft on the last drive. Shades of cards game in 21. I don't see those similar at all. Um, I think those they're very different defenses, very different schematically. And, you know, Joe Barry's playing the, playing the odds there, you know, I don't love it. It's not probably the approach I would have taken. I talked about it a little bit with Andy on let's talk football, which you can check out here on the YouTube channel, but yeah, I mean, he's playing the odds. You know, I think Corey actually mentioned it on the, on the watch party, you know, the odds of them driving that field, scoring the touchdown and getting the two point conversion are very, very, very low. Now, never tell me the odds, as Han once famously said in the asteroid field, but uh, I get the approach. That's not how I would have gone about it, but I understand making sure you keep everything in front of you, making them work to drive the length of the field. You want a pressure there, obviously. As a fan, we're looking for a blitz, etc., but all it takes is one second, one bad play, and all of a sudden, you're rupturing into an explosive play, You don't want to do that. Um, I I get the frustration, but for the most part, that is an outstanding effort from Joe Barry's group throughout that entire game. Uh, Even, even the first drive where they had to pick themselves up after that initial uh, big play. They gave up Ed. Thanks for the super chat. Yes. Total domination, hiding our offensive firepower in the second half. So Tampa won't know what to expect in the playoffs was sheer genius. Ed, there are some serious levels you're going to there, and I like it. I like it. Yes, let's roll with that, shall we? Not not bad. Nick, thank you for the super chat. Love that Matt LaFleur said, never apologize for winning. Grow from it and find ways to get better, while getting a road W can't ask for much more. Absolutely, and not only getting a road W, but getting a road W in that building where they have traditionally been horrible and against a very, very tough opponent. Ooh, there's a decent chance they see down the road in the playoffs. Um, yeah, huge win. It's a monster win. It's a special win. Special both for what it means playoff picture-wise, but also because the special teams contributed so much to it. Uh, yes, never apologize for winning. I hear Bart Nags bear the hatchet. Good to hear. Yeah, I talked to Bart at our beer launch on Saturday night. It was good to see him. It was nice of him to come out, and it was great to talk. What else we got, folks? Debbie Downer. What a handle. Thanks for the Super Chat. Stop with a ha- shotgun handoff to AJ. Just stop it. Oh, you know, I'm not a fan. Um, it, I was nice to hear Matt acknowledge in his press conference today that, um, yeah, they needed to probably understand that they were much more effective um, running the ball with the quarterback under center. I really get frustrated that it takes, uh, you know, a second half of offensive ineptitude to reach that conclusion. But, um yeah, I'm with you. I I'm not a fan of it. I don't, you know, want to say you got to co- throw it completely out of the playbook because I understand you need to keep defenses on their toes and show them lots of different things and utilize your talent in lots of different ways. But ooh, baby, yeah, not a fan. Not a huge fan. There's no doubt. Eddie, thanks for the super chat. Finally saw Gary and Smith line up on the same side for a pass rush. Love the physicality we play with in all three phases of the game. On to New England. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. For all the consternation on offense in the second half, there were plenty of plays in that game where you can point to the Packers taking it to the Bucks defense. That doesn't happen a lot, and it certainly hasn't happened when the Packers have played the Bucs in recent years. That was encouraging. Now, of course, yes, they they got whooped pretty good up front in the second half, especially when they tried to run the ball, but uh, there were still a number of times when the Packers won up front, and it was impressive. It was very impressive. Certainly something... Uh, that you want to see hopefully continue to develop throughout the season. Uh, Michael, thank you for the super chat. Is this season a mirror of last season or what? I guess we'll be beating New England by 10 points. I know, Michael, that's uh, something Rogers had brought up a couple, I think after last week's game, the idea that they got trounced week one and then kind of got back on track against a divisional opponent at home week two. And now they go on the road, face a really tough opponent who they have historically struggled against, pull out a very close victory. So far, pretty mirror image. No question about it. Uh, Eddie, thanks again. I would have liked to see a few more runs, but I am happy with how the offense stayed with it and didn't absolutely abandon it after some adversity. Yeah, there was still too much of a stretch there, though, where they got a, they got pass happy. Now, some of that was Rodgers and his run alerts, as they call them. But yeah, for the most part, they did stick with it, even though they weren't they weren't ripping off big runs. That is for damn sure. But there were some effective uh, runs from AJ. Uh, I think Aaron had one in the fourth quarter, too, that, you know, you, to me, especially when you're playing against a defense that talented, that well-coached, sticking with a run on the road, your best-case scenario. And I know everybody wants to throw the ball. Everyone wants to put it up, including the quarterback. But, man, run the football. And I thought they did just enough in that case, just enough to make it worthwhile. Jeff, thanks for the super chat. I like Walker. He's very athletic. Is it just me or does he kind of get pushed around? Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Kind of caught up in the wash on run plays. Mm. Jeff, that is not just you, and that is a pretty decent observation. That's something that's going to take, you know, probably, I'm not going to say a full year, but it's going to take time for him to get better in that aspect of the game. You know, teams are going to target him. They're going to run at him. And look, there's a reason lots of people thought he would fall uh, out of the first round in the draft because he, he doesn't have that size, right? You, he's not traditionally the kind of guy you would stick in the inside and expect to take on, you know, guards or centers getting up to the second level, you know. But yes, that's an area of his game where he really needs to improve. And the Packers know that. That's there's no mystery. This day and age, the way the NFL is set up, the way so much is predicated on passing the football and teams, you know, hell, the rules are set up to allow teams, they want teams to throw the football, right? His athleticism and his speed it really helps in that regard, obviously, in basically every way. And teams are going to have to make a decision. Yeah, we we want to run the football. But, you know, there's a lot of other guys playing with Walker, and especially Devondre Campbell, Kenny Clark, etc. You can try and take your chances and run the football, but I think the Packers did a much better job yesterday. And hopefully that continues, trying to limit some of those you know, that damage the run game does. But yeah, they, they, I don't think that's an unfair observation. I don't think that's telling tales out of school. I don't think you're being, you know, unrealistic here. Yeah, it's it's a part of his game. Three games into his NFL career, where he's struggling a little bit. But I think that's to be expected, you know, given what his game is and the fact that he is only three games in. I, I, I to me, it's nothing to be concerned about. It's just I think it's pretty, uh, pretty kind of natural progression kind of thing where. Yeah, he's an athletic guy, sideline to sideline, explosive as hell. But you get up on him with those interior dudes or even a fullback or a tight end, what have you, you're probably going to be able to take him out. And I, I think, again, all he has to do is play. You know, it's not a condemnation on his game. He just needs to play and experience more of that and get better at disengaging, get better at not taking false steps, get better at not overrunning things. And as those, you know more and more reps in the league, more and more chances to improve, I think he will. So, but I don't, yeah, again, I I don't think that's an unfair observation at all. Walter, thanks for the super chat. Nags, missed you, man. What a difference an offseason made in special teams, huh? It's crazy, man. It's crazy. The idea that not only the hiring of Bisaccia has clearly brought the life needed to that room, right? But this idea that, I mean, you talk about... Brian Gutekunst should be getting some flowers for identifying everything that was wrong and fixing it basically in an offseason. It sucks that it took a playoff loss for it to happen, but boy, howdy, did he do it? I mean, the idea that, you know, Bisaccia comes in and just fixes it, that's obviously not going to happen unless he has some players to work with. And between Ford, Nixon, Levitt, and O'Donnell, I mean, this is a very special group that is clearly taking pride in their work on special teams. When was the last time you had a core special teams unit in Green Bay? Something that was more than just a mishmash of guys, whoever was healthy that week and whoever they needed from offense or defense, etc. You know, this team, this group seems to really be playing with cohesion and pride. And like I said, that has not been seen around here, these parts in quite a while. No doubt. Ed, thanks for the super chat. Nags, love the brew. Great job. Go, pack. go. Thanks, Ed. I think I'll take a pause. Here's a a pause in the action while Aaron enjoys a carry the G. Ah, Love it. Joe Barry dialed up a blitz. That was cool. (laughs) Daniel, do, do I sense a touch of sarcasm in that comment? Possibly. Just possibly. Joe Mailman. Thanks for the super chat. Does playing soft defense in the last two minutes make less sense when Tom Brady is the opposing quarterback? No, it makes more sense. Again, you come after him at your own peril. You want to play coverage against great quarterbacks. I know it's frustrating. I know it's hard to watch in the dying seconds of the game. Things are on the line, etc. But you want to make him work it up the field rather than give him an opportunity to hit a big play. It's as simple as that. And again, I know it's frustrating. I was frustrated as hell watching it. But you're playing the odds there. And the odds came up in Packers' favor, no doubt about it. And, you know, don't take anything away from the guys. I mean, they did their the, the job to make him work to get down there. And then Devondre Campbell made an outstanding play to swat away that two-point conversion attempt. And do not minimize the fact that you know, the Packers said, both in the locker room afterwards and Matt reiterated today, that was a play, that two-minute, um Attempt by the buccaneers that's a play that they practiced this week. I mean that's shout out to the advanced people who did the work and said here's what they like to run in these certain situations. so they could get the practice in. They knew what to expect. I mean those are the things that you know you never really talk about on game day because you're so caught up in the emotion of it, but that's part of the work you know and shout out to the packers advanced people who who got that and showed the coaching staff, look, these are the things they like to reach for. So they were able to practice it all week. Uh, Soder, what's up, man? Thanks for the Super Chat. So are the second half offensive struggles in the 49ers and Bucks games a function of the go-fast wide receiver not being available? I don't think it's as simple as that. I think much more so the adjustments that were made both in that playoff game and then yesterday. um, Both of those teams did a really nice job of sticking with their two high looks and forcing those receivers – to, you know, beat him off the line. And clearly, you know, the Packers hit that one big play to Lazard off the, uh, you know, off the right sideline when he was in the slot. But for the most part, you know, Packers receivers were not up to that challenge. And or they weren't asked to run routes and concepts that would have been, you know, conducive to beating man coverage. That's to me, I tried to ask Matt a little bit about it today. He steered, he definitely steered the conversation away from my question. But he did allude to it. Uh, after the game yesterday, where you know they did not get to man beaters, you know the the, the rub routes, the bunch sets with l- the uh, delayed crosser stuff that we've seen them do, we've seen plenty of it throughout their offense in the last three years, but for whatever reason they weren't able to get to them, and I just kind of get bewildered by that. Like, is it just a function of you didn't practice it all week, so now you can't do it? Cause that seems odd, you know. And I get it; like, you want thing, you want to run stuff that you repped all. You know, week leading up to the game, but at some point you got to make an adjustment, and it just doesn't feel like the Packers ever did. Mm-hmm. Twelve of them out the floor failed on their last drive and opened the door for Tampa. No doubt, Gary, but they also succeeded on their first three drives and scored the points necessary to win. Got to you got to take in the whole game. It's an it's a four quarter game. <laughs> Never sarcasm or passive aggressiveness from Facebook. Fair point, Daniel. Arbor Pros Tree Service. What a handle. Thanks for the Super Chat. You going to be in Green Bay for the Thursday night? <coughs> Sorry, guys. Thursday night Titans game? If so, where before the game? I will not be. Uh, but if you are in town for that game, make sure you hit up the Plaza Pit Stop at the rest Center. Corey will be there. And there will be some carry the G there waiting for you. Get it. Mm. It's, you know, every time I talk about it, I got to drink it. That's just how, That's how it works. That's how I, it's just how I operate. Was it just me, or did Gary play more blindside than normal? Needs to stay. Definitely feel coming out of QB's natural vision line was great on passing downs. Yeah, he they, they played a lot with the outside linebackers as far as both, you know, where they lined them up and the deployment, but also the rotation. You saw a lot of Garvin early. And I think my suspicion would be that that was to keep the front line guys You know, both Smith and Gary, depending on who he was in there for, keep their legs fresh for that fourth quarter. And I think it worked. But, yeah, to your point, I I liked how much they were moving him around. No doubt. (laughs) I'm happy the Packers won, but my hopes were not high. Well, Chris, now they can be high. Because they won. That's how it works. It's great. Awesome. Uh, How often did the Packers used a big D-line? Callum... You know, I didn't. I haven't looked at the splits yet to see what the numbers were, but it certainly seemed like they were playing a lot more three-man line early in the game, when they expected more. I think of Fournette started the second half. You saw a little bit more of it again because they did. The Bucks did then start leaning on Fournette, but I think a little bit more than usual, but not a crazy amount. They still used a lot of two-man stuff. Does Bakhtiari play the whole game next week? Odds. I suspect, uh, yeah, he probably will. That's just total guesswork on my part, but I think, you know, they wanted to ease him in. I think a big, 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 humongous monster part of it, though, is how he feels today, and he reacts throughout the week, and how he practices, and if there is any kind of discomfort or what have you. If he gets through these next 48 hours and is able to get on the practice field and put a couple practices together, etc., yeah, I suspect he'll probably play the whole game, but as we know from the last two years, none of that is a given. So um, I, I truly hope so, and I would think if he practices throughout the week, yeah, he probably will. Joe Mailman, thanks for the Super Chat. Cobb, two targets, two catches, 57 yards. Why only two? Well, one of them was on a run play. That was clearly a run alert kind of action that they had you know, worked on. I don't know if it was the team worked on it or only Rogers and Cobb worked on it, but it was an outstanding play you know, targets just the flow of the game. I mean, I love Randall Cobb. You guys know, I did a video this offseason. season. I'll get him involved, make him part of the game plan for whatever reason. He most certainly was not a focal point. It's just how it rolled. But, you know, but then you can't get all excited about Romeo Dobbs and then go, Oh, but what about Randall Cobb? Yeah, the game is the game. The ball goes where it goes. And Dobbs absolutely stepped up, scored his first touchdown, et cetera. So, You know, Cobb is most almost always going to be a complimentary piece. Dave, thanks for the super chat. Feels like I have been seeing a lot of negativity in media and fan base coming out of a win. I get it wasn't pretty, but come on, they won. And I saw green shoots. Lots of green shoots, Dave. That's a really good phrase. I know Corey likes that one, too. Yeah, I'm with you. Hey, look, I understand. You know, if it's not, if you don't score 30 and you look great doing it, then there's going to be, people bitching and moaning about some aspect. And look, there was plenty to be upset about or frustrated with yesterday. I get it, but there are no style points, you know, a W is a W. And I, as Matt said, and as someone alluded to earlier, never apologize for winning. I don't care how it looks. All you want are W's, especially early in the year. I mean, what this team looks like right now will bear absolutely zero resemblance to how it looks in late November and early December. How they're winning and playing matters a whole hell of a lot more then than it does now. Just get the W. That is all it is about. All right, everybody, I'm going to have to get going. I can't thank you enough for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. I'll be flying tomorrow, uh, probably like late afternoon into the evening, so I doubt there will be a Packers Daily tomorrow, but I will be back on Wednesday, uh, both with Daily, and we'll have a Packer Transplants at some time. we got some scheduling stuff still up in the air, so be sure to be on the lookout for the start times on both of those, but we will be back. Thank you so much. I've had a ton of fun here in Wisconsin over the weekend. Thanks to everybody who came out Saturday night to scout wine merchants in Milwaukee. I was positively blown away by all the comments. I got gifts. I got tons of compliments. It was weird. It was really weird um, in the best possible way just to hear from Packers fans from all over about what the site means to them, about the chats we do here, about all the different ways we try to connect Packers fans across the globe. It really means a lot that, you know, what Corey and I started back 10 plus years ago when we were really kind of just hey, let's just do this for fun has really turned into something that does connect Packers fans and that does make them feel like we got somebody on Twitter this morning saying, it really just feels like I'm right back in Green Bay with you guys. And that's it. That's all we ever wanted to do. So to hear that from everyone and to meet people and hear their stories, it's absolutely kind of mind-blowing and really, really special. So thank you so much. Uh, I will be back, uh, like I said, probably not tomorrow, but definitely on Wednesday. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great night, and then please do me a monster favor and hit like on this video. Subscribe to the channel, and then tell your friends and tell your family. Cheesehead TV, we are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great night. Go Pack Go.